if the retailers are becoming media owners, the media owners are also absolutely becoming retailers. Facebook and TikTok probably leading the charge on this. And I think while social commerce hasn't landed in the Western world quite in the way that it has in, say, China or Southeast Asia, but it is absolutely going to become uh, a major thing in some categories like beauty and fashion, for example. Hello, is it me, Dia, you're looking for? Uh, this is Lionel Richie, editor of the Media Leader. No, not really. He's twice my age and still better looking. Um, that voice you heard at the top was today's guest, Mudit Jaju, who is global head of e-commerce at WPP media agency Wavemaker. Uh, one thing that's been really making waves in media, I see, making waves, Wavemaker. Uh, one thing that's gotten a lot of attention in media in the last few years is the rise of retail media. Um, so my colleague Alice Sagar, reporter at The Media Leader, called up Mudit and said, we need to talk. Now, what's going on with retail media? Well, Walmart, this massive retailer in the US, is often cited as the big daddy when it comes to retail media. They've got kind of like their own TV and they've been doing deals with brands for years. We're talking about literally retailers becoming their own media owners and doing their own ad sales off the back of it. Um, they've done deals with other media companies like Roku, which has been doing these TV commerce apps on their streaming platform. Tech companies like Meta, Snapchat, TikTok, they've all, you've been hearing about all these e-commerce tools they've been building out. And stay tuned for a future episode where we're talking to Chris Boger from TikTok precisely about this. So much going on. But from the retailer's perspective, think about all that data retailers have. Think about Amazon and your experience. Think about how much Amazon knows about you, what you're searching for, what time of day, what kind of products, what you're clicking on, what you're not clicking on, um, how much you're spending per month on certain things. Wavemaker, by the way, has an exclusive ads arrangement with Amazon. So, you know, if you think Amazon knows a lot about you, then I guess by extension, Moodit knows a lot too. We'll see. Um, there's been so much happening in this space, even in the last few weeks. Um, you might have seen that ITV announced its recent upfronts. It's Palooza, that it's launching a retail media matching tool with Tesco and Boots. We've had brands like Deliveroo and Morrison's announce retail media propositions in the last few months. And in September, Group M, WP's media buying division, they said in a report that global retail media is going to hit the $100 billion mark this year and is making up more than a tenth of all global ad revenue last year. One in 10 ad dollars is retail media. It's extraordinary. So on to the interview where Ella and Muda are going to get into what it all means for media owners and advertisers. And Ella started off by asking Muda, what are the biggest challenges that retail media faces right now? I think uh, at the beginning of this year, retail media was a relatively well-defined space and everyone sort of thought that it was, you know, in the main search ads on retail platforms. Uh, but what's happened is that the number of offerings and the variety of offerings has really exploded. In the US alone, we track about 44 different retail media offerings. Um, but it's everything from, you know, your, your search ads to display to digital out of home to connected TV to DSPs to influencer commerce, all kinds of different things. And so retail media, I mean, we can't even sometimes agree as an industry to what is retail media. So one of the challenges has just been this, this massive explosion in every way. I, I like to say that we are one second after the big bang, uh, which is why it's, it's just growing and growing and changing its shape very quickly. Mm. And and that brings some issues with inflation as well into that, doesn't it? We we've mentioned it, before. 
It absolutely does. Retail media inflation, and I'd even say retail media volatility is a really big concern because what's happening is that all this money is flooding in because clients have sort of tested it out and seen the role that it plays. And also increasingly, retail media is not just used for end of the funnel um, conversion campaigns, but but also as a as an important part of the uh, upper funnel of marketing as well. And so we're just seeing so much more activity uh, in the space that it is leading to a lot of retail media inflation and, and volatility. Uh, and that is a really, really big concern. I was speaking to a client the other day and we went through what are their forecasted uh, numbers for retail media inflation. And they said, quite frankly, if one of our raw materials inflated by this much, we would reformulate the product or we'd close it. So that is a big thing. And I think that brands really have to figure out how to manage it because nobody's going to be able to afford to do next year what they did this year. And so that requires a much more integrated approach. How do you leverage all the other forms of media that you're activating to drive a commerce outcome? And how do you use retail media are the things that it's really, really good at. I mean, obviously, this inflation is a bit of a scary word for advertisers, especially in a cost of living crisis. Mm -hmm. But what do you think are the untapped opportunities for advertisers, agencies that are, could be explored more? I think that the, there's there's a few things happening. Uh, so if you pull the lens back a little bit, the other big trend in media right now is the, the rise and rise of connected TV. And there's no way that the two large trends of retail media and connected TV are not absolutely going to crash into each other. And we're seeing that. And we've been seeing that in the US in particular for the last 18 months or so. Um, so I'd say that's one major thing that is going to happen. The other thing is specifically in the grocery and FMCG space, uh, the quick commerce platforms, your Deliveroo's, your Just Eats, your uh, Instacarts of the world. The reality is there is no path to sustainable revenue for them that does not involve becoming a media owner in some, some capacity. Instacart already is one of the biggest retail media owners in the US, but we're going to see more and more of that. And that's a funny one because in the historical uh, world, you know, the clients are said, well, this is my Tesco P&L and this is how much I'm spending on Tesco in GTN, and this is how much I'm spending on Tesco Media, so I can kind of back out my profitability. But what do you do when you're actually advertising on a platform that is an intermediary to Tesco, where you can't actually direct whether the consumer is buying from Tesco or buying from Sainsbury's, for example? So I think that these these quick commerce players are a really interesting one. And then the third one, which is you know a trend that people have been very early to call the death hop, is social commerce. If the retailers are becoming media owners, the media owners are also absolutely becoming retailers. Facebook and TikTok probably leading the charge on this. And I think while social commerce hasn't landed in the Western world quite in the way that it has in, say, China or Southeast Asia, but it is absolutely going to become uh, a major thing in some categories like beauty and fashion, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I know there's, you know, you've got shoppable lenses on, on Snapchat. You have TikTok shop, which was launching in Europe. And then I think now they are going to be in the US. Um, but I think it, it, people seemed a bit kind of disappointed that it didn't kind of take off like wildfire like it did in in, in Asia when it, when it did kind of start coming over here. I just wonder why you think that might be. That, I um, think part of it is that the the consumer behavior in Asia is that they live in the apps. And that's very much the behavior that WeChat inculcated. And so it's sort of just trans you know transcend across the apps we never really used it in that way i mean if you're in asia you use wechat effectively the way that you would use a browser uh and that's not a behavior that we had the other thing also was just that the experience was not very nice 
And it was very clunky as a manufacturer or as a retailer to enable a social commerce thing. You had to have, you know, the right kinds of APIs plugging in. And if you weren't on Shopify and on different kind of platforms, you had other solutions. So it was not quite as seamless as we would have liked it to be. I think that some of those challenges are being solved. And I think the other thing is that the the platforms, and I'll call out specifically TikTok on this, are is leading in terms of solving those uh, some of those challenges. So I suspect that it's going to start to look more like that. I also think that influencers are going to play a really big role in social commerce and what that ends up looking like in, you know, the Western world, I'd say. That's really interesting. And so we've talked about challenges and opportunities for advertisers. You obviously work with a lot of different clients at Wavemaker. Who do you think is doing retail media really well um, as a client, but then also which retail media networks are kind of, as you see them, the most sort of innovative? Yeah, I mean, I I really love the 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 way that Danone's approached this space. I think it's counterintuitive to think that a company with whose primary products are are milk and milk products and yogurt and things like that, you know, them being kind of the lead. But I I I think the way that they've thought about this is very cerebral. They really think about it in an omni-channel way, and it's not just about driving sales on platform. They were the first ones to really lean into this connected TV space where you can use club card data or retail store data to target people in a CTV environment and then measure in a closed loop way on the impact. I mean, in sort of even early 2020, um, which is which is a while ago when this wasn't on a lot of people's radar, we saw some great results coming from, uh, from Danone who uh, with Kroger, a major US grocer, they were partnering with uh, using Kroger data to activate in Roku, which is a, which is a main streaming um, player in, in that market. Uh, and that's just, just done phenomenally because what we were able to do was specifically target the people who were lapsed buyers, for example, of Danone products. And that's just driven incredible results, results in terms of household penetration, for example. I mean, we saw an uplift of around 11.3, which is incredible in a category that is as stable as, as milk and milk products. And I think that that's been a really clever way in which they've done it. But the thing that's amazing about the way that Danone have done it is everyone's got like a one nice piece of thing that they did. But what Danone have done really cleverly is operationalized it. They've had a really clear learning agenda. And this piece of act, piece of work with Kroger did really well. So now what we're looking at in this year is using Kroger data in platforms like Pandora and Pinterest and looking at that. And that's also performing really well and broadening it out to other parts of the Danone portfolio. And equally, um, when DoorDash enabled uh, search on their platform in, in the US at the very beginning of this year, we uh, Danone were the first brand to really start running search on that platform, and it did phenomenally well. They had a very clear view of what the role of a platform like DoorDash was going to be. And for them, it was about incremental sales. And they had the measurement in place, which established that there was a 33% sales uplift when they were running on DoorDash, which is, which is amazing, again, in a stable category, um, you know, an established category like yogurt. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the, the, the mana, isn't it? To be able to look at incremental sales and use these platforms. But I think the thing that I give Danone a ton of credit for is it's not just here's something new and shiny. Let's see if, see if it fits in 44 radio media networks in the US. They've said no to stuff too because they, they've defined a learning agenda and mapped against it what are the things they want to test. And it's it, it's a culture of yes, this landscape is moving really fast. 
And I know that when I get approached by a new opportunity for Danone, I'll know what Danone's going to want to do about it in a very, very quick way. And that's, I think, really powerful. So I have, I get very excited when a Danone meeting goes in my diary. Yeah, I bet. It sounds like they, it's not just, oh, we'll, we'll give a bit, a little bit of spend just to test and learn, but we're not, we don't really believe that this is going to work. Um, it sounds like they kind of are taking it quite seriously. Do you think, like, are there any retail media networks you kind of want to highlight in terms of, you know, doing interesting things with targeting or new formats or any new players that are doing quite well? I mean, Amazon is the big dog in this space, so it's difficult not to talk about them. And I think that the way that Amazon is approaching it, certainly with Amazon Marketing Cloud also being a really powerful asset and coming more and more to the fore uh, when we are looking at sort of an omni-channel, you know, what's the halo effect? How does advertising elsewhere impact Amazon and so on? I think that AMC is going to become a larger piece of the way in which brands advertise, excuse me, on Amazon. Uh, so I think they're, they're somebody who I, I think are always trying and doing new interesting things. And I think all the announcements out of the UK around the connected TV space are tremendously exciting. Um, they are... The, the the ways in which we're seeing retail media and retail data come to life is it's just such a great time to be doing this. There were quite a few uh, announcements about retail media deals in the UK last week, which I'm sure that you saw uh, from ITV and Channel 4, who each have uh, retail media partnerships with uh, ITV is with Tesco's Dunhumby and Boots Media Group. And Channel 4 has got a partnership now with Sainsbury's Nectar 360 which is all centered around first party data and targeting. Just wondered if you could give me some insight, how significant do you think this is? What potential is there for uh, clients, for uh, advertisers to, to use this? This is very significant. There's Let's not make any mistakes about this. This is extremely significant. And the reason I say that is because this solves a very specific problem that a lot of brands have had. The reality is if you are a retailer, let's say you are Boots, there is a finite amount of advertising that you can put onto your website before you start to annoy consumers because Boots is a platform built to sell stuff, not built to sell advertising necessarily. So actually being able to monetize your data in that way uh, is is solves a big problem. By the way, it's also highly, highly profitable for Boots to be uh, doing this and becoming a media owner in that sense. Um, because the, the margins on media, margins on being a media owner are better than being the margins on being an econ retailer if you're someone like Boots. So I think that there's a significant opportunity there. But from, from a brand standpoint, the ability to be very deliberate and choiceful about the consumers you are talking to and being able to leverage a medium that many brands have mastered in the form of telly, uh, is, is powerful. And then being able to have the closed loop attribution of it. It's just kind of everything we're, we're hoping for. I've talked a little bit about the, the growth of this in the US, but also we see this in India with Hotstar and, and, and some of the partnerships they've got, uh, in India. And it's just done, done phenomenally well. And it's just kind of a, a standard way in which we are using connected TV. The connected TV is such a major, major way in which consumers are consuming media that there's no way that it's not going to become materially driven by retail media. So I think this is going to become a big piece of it. I also think that it allows a platform like Boots to position themselves as a full funnel solution in the way that, quite frankly, outside of Google, nobody has really been able to. But for, uh, sorry, for ITV to be able to do it, but for ITV to be able to say, 
we can drive your awareness and we can drive your conversion and we can measure it in this way and we can do a performance uh, video on the basis of that. I mean, that's kind of everything you're looking for in a media owner. Mm, that's quite incredible to think. And also, as the deprecation of the cookie approaches, these kinds of solutions, I'm sure, are only going to become more abundant. For mm. If you're a CPG company, cookie deprecation means that retail media will effectively become your performance marketing strategy. Retail media is so powerful because it's first party to the retailer, second party to the manufacturer. A lot of it is based on registration data. Uh, it's directly observed. A lot of it is deterministic. Um, it, it's kind of going to become a big thing. I mean, one of the biggest questions I'm getting right now is the growth of uh, retail media usage by non-endemic brands. So what does this mean for an insurance brand, for example, or a travel brand? And so I'm speaking increasingly, not just to our fashion luxury CPG clients, but increasingly to our clients in financial services, for example, because they're looking at retail media as a really powerful way to target, I don't know, uh, you know, health conscious weight losers or something or, or young moms. And there's a, it's a really easy and direct way to target those kinds of audiences, which otherwise post cookies will not be able to. That's quite interesting. That's quite unexpected that financial services brands would be exploring this space. Do you see any other new entrants to the market in 2023 or any other kind of predictions uh, for retail media in terms of prominence on the media plan going so forward? I haven't figured out exactly how, but I think digital out of home is going to also become a, a, a major piece. I think we're starting to see in-store signage start to become more programmatic, but as digital out of home becomes much more driven, if we start to establish that, let's say you've got a product that is underselling in, you know, Scotland, for example, being able to upweight and downweight that based on inventory levels, based on, um, you know, uh, weather and all kinds of other important things based on, on local resonance is something we're going to start to see more and more of. Uh, I also think that there's going to be things like if you have, uh, you know, a profitability issue where you need to move people from buying slightly unprofitable SKUs to more profitable SKUs, changing the messaging using digital out of home is something that we haven't seen enough of that I think we're going to see, see quite a bit more of. I also think that there's this distinction right now between retail media and non-retail media. And I think that is going to become much more blurry because we're going to be using retail data in all kinds of comms goals, whether that is awareness or or consideration and obviously conversion, it'll continue to play a role. Mm. I wondered also what you thought, is retail media kind of immune to uh, recession, you know, when everyone's tightening their belts and sort of wanting to make their budgets work um, like lower budgets work harder? I don't think anything is immune to recessions. Uh, but I do think that retail media is one of the last things that that are going to get cut because it plays so many different roles, because it is so easy to measure. And I think because you can use so many different marketing objectives, uh, so many different marketing objectives can be achieved using retail media. What I am seeing, for example, is some of the the tools that we built that allow consumer, that allow brands to uh, to connect with the same consumer, but buy them in a more effective fashion. So, uh, you know, retail media is very, very data rich. And so it gives you a lot more insight into that consumer and being able to access that audience more cost effectively is something that we're doing a lot of work on and that we've built a lot of proprietary tools around specifically with Amazon uh, to be able to deliver against that goal, but, but manage costs. Um, I'd also say that retail media plays an important role in both short and long-term 
things. I mean, if we're looking at a lot of trading down, for example, so if you've got a brand that has a premium product that's consistently been advertised, you know, if you want to drive, if you know that you're going to going into a, a consumer mindset where people are trading down, you want them to trade down to your brand, not to a private label or a competitor brand. And this is an, an effective way to make people aware of your, you know, value offering, for example. Uh, so I think that retail media, if I, if I can establish my previous buyers of my product and just target them with the message saying from the same great brand you love, but, you know, here's a value offer. Uh, that's a powerful conversation and a conversation I'm having with a number of CPGs. Mm, interesting. Uh, just uh, to wrap things up, how would you sum up, say, in one message for people that may not have uh, looked into the opportunities that retail media might have? What would you say to them? Uh, park your preconceptions. It's different to what you think it might look like. Thanks again for listening to the Media Leader Podcast. And there's more of where that came from on our website. The-media-leader.com is our website. You can sign up to our daily newsletter in the UK and weekly roundup of media in the US. You can also find us on YouTube where we are posting video interviews and clips from our live events, our LinkedIn page where people like to comment on the things that we're posting and Twitter where all our stuff is pretty much pumped out like a beautiful fountain of media industry content. That's it. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.